Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnebley and Toth. Episode 80? Yeah, Seriously? Yeah, 80. 80 episodes. Seriously? And um, nobody has forced us to stop yet, which I think it's a, it's a good sign. Uh, it is a good sign. I would have lost that on a bet, though. I would have thought by episode 50 there would have been some cease and desist from, uh, I don't know, some organization. The National Podcast Police or something. Somebody that uh, that tries to oversee the quality of podcasting. That would be a great SNL sketch, wouldn't it? The person like who's in charge of deciding which podcasts are good and which are not. And he's just so exhausted because there are so many to go through. And almost <laughs> all of right. them suck. <laughs> there are two guys in their mom's basement or something sharing a microphone. By the way, a shameless, uh, a shameless plug, actually not a plug, I would call it a cross-promotion with our third podcast from Beneath the Hollywood sign uh, that goes up, I don't remember what date, but it's all about animals in movies, famous animals. Oh, ho, ho, ho. And as I was editing it, I thought Kat and JG are going to love this episode because it is probably one of the sweetest and funniest episodes uh, oh, that Steve great. and Nan have done because all of <laughs> these backstories about animals in Hollywood, uh-huh. some of them making more than humans, they were so popular. Like Lassie. <laughs> it's just... How many Lassies were there? There were a number of... Uh... There were there were quite yeah. a few, as I, as I recall. Yeah. And uh, the only thing I remember specifically about Lassie was the last name of the trainer. I think they were brothers. Weatherwax. I think it was Frank and Rudd. Yeah. yeah. Weatherwax. That is wild. Not wild. So anyway, that's uh, that's my little intro for today. I was going to say, I think I went first uh, last time. So uh, you feel like... Uh, I do. And it's interesting that you bring up animals because this has an animal in it. <laughs> cool. It's a story. Check this out. It was some guy in China. Okay, and um, he had uh, just this was back in 2020. He had just clocked out after a day that uh, really didn't go well for him. You know, those kind of days where everything goes wrong. Everything you do, it just doesn't seem to connect. Yeah, it was one of those. 
So he's standing there and uh, the uh, last few minutes of his work day are ticking by and he's feeling like he he has a wet blanket on on top of him. He was in a very foul mood. In fact, he often was. He was known to have a hot temper and Uh was not well liked by his coworkers. Uh, on any day, but this day, uh, that's, that's tough. Yeah, this day he was in a particularly foul mood. He was just done. So he decides it's time to go and off he wanders and he walks out to his car. Now his mood starts to shift because today his walk was a little bit different. It was buoyed by anticipation this was the first hmm. week since he had uh, indulged himself a bit. He bought a brand new car and it wasn't just any wow. car. It was his dream car. It's something that he had thought about for many, many years and finally pulled the trigger on. So the guy's making his way to the car and with each step, it's like he's mentally peeling off the layers of his day, uh, ditching the the uh, cubicle vibe and uh, the nonstop ringtones and the clicking of the um, of the keyboards. I kind of pictured it like the uh, like the opening scene to office space. You know, he just he had he had had it. Yeah. Yeah. He was done. So he gets to his car and this is his baby. Sweet new wheels that he just recently treated himself and uh, it was a real, it was a gem that shone in the parking lot. And he's thinking about the smooth leather and the dashboard that gleams at him when he slides into the driver's seat and the engine. The new car smell. Oh my God. Is there anything better than that? No, no, no nothing. <laughs> I think nothing. I may have told you the story when uh, um, my son Josh was very little and I got a new car and I wanted to maintain that new car smell. So I got, you know, that new car spray <laughs> that, that they sell at the car wash, you know. Yeah, so it's just yeah. like a, a new car. Right. So I spray it and I go to pick him up at school and he says, Dad, your car smells like a shoe store. And, you know, he was right. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure that they knew that when they made the scent, but they thought shoe store interior doesn't have nearly the appeal that... New car smell does. Well, that'd be a tough marketing campaign, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, focus groups. Yeah. So there he was. He gets in his car, and he's finally cruising through the city toward his neighborhood after battling a very difficult day and having it out with a couple of his um, co-workers. Yeah, again, not co-workers, a very well-liked right. guy. So he gets through the rush hour traffic, and he pulls into his neighborhood, and, you know, his new cars performing brilliantly. He was ready to just kind of slide into his reserved parking spot and call it a day. But right. His parking spot was taken. Oh, that's rude. But not by another car. It was a stray dog. Oh, just curled up and snoozing on the pavement without a care in the world. How sweet. Now, here is this guy who's cranky and he's looking forward to kicking back at home. And there's this dog right in his parking spot. 
it uh, obviously didn't understand the concept of property lines and how tough the, the guy's no. day was. He probably, the dog probably looked at those two lines on the asphalt and thought, isn't this cool that some human has marked this out where I can yeah. sleep right here yeah. and not worry about having That's to move? That's what I would think if I were a dog. I would look for parallel lines. Sure. It was just zonked yeah, out exactly. in uh, the one place it needed to be. So <laughs> the guy's ready. He's already on his last nerve. And there's a dog just laying in his reserved parking spot. The one that he had paid extra for his new big fancy car. Of course. Of course he did. And yeah. the dog was having like, uh, well, the nap of his life. Now, he could have just honked his horn to get the dog to move. That would that would be probably what right. I would do. Or maybe get out and simply and gently shoo him away. Yeah, yeah. Nudge him toward the sidewalk or something. Right, or maybe yeah. give him some food so he'll go someplace else and, and lay down. Yeah. Um, but no, no, this guy was a dick, and he was already <laughs> jacked up from his day at work. So instead of a more level-headed approach to getting oh. the dog to move, he gets out okay. of the car and he right. kicks the dog in the ribs no. as hard as he can. No. He just snapped. And oh. the poor dog yips and because he's sound asleep. And he of course. and he bolts out of there totally shocked. I can't imagine he oh. had any idea was coming. He was sound asleep. So this dog yips and runs off and the guy backs his car into the uh, parking spot. Have you noticed that people that back into parking spots are often dicks? Have you noticed that? <laughs> I haven't. I hadn't actually paid attention, though. This this guy really sounds like if you look up dick <laughs> in the dictionary, there's a there's a little, you know, pen and ink. Yeah. Sketching of him. Yeah. Backing his car in. Backing his car into the spot after he just kicked the dog in the ribs. We used to work. Cat uh, uh, and I did at a radio station. And like most radio stations, uh, there were only like three employees and everything was automated. Uh, but the building had this huge parking lot. Probably a hundred cars could park there. But there were only, in reality, six employees total. And one, okay. and one guy would always back his car into the parking spot next to the building. It was almost like he was saying, I am so important that if I need to make a quick getaway, I was going to say a, a fast exit, a fast exit, to, to, you know, yeah. I don't know, save humanity. Uh, I can do that. When in reality, there was a whole parking lot that was empty. There were 99 other spaces for him to choose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Did you ever get there early to take his space just oh, to we, piss him off? We did that stuff to him all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One yeah. time. Good for you. One time I shrink wrapped his desk. <laughs> It was a friendly rivalry. Sure, yeah, sure it was. Yeah. So Dickhead backs his, backs his car in. Backs his car in. The dog's gone. Um, but the dog didn't just tuck his tail and vanish. No, this was a dog that was bent on revenge. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> and he's not just a lone dog. He's got a whole squad of dogs to help assist yeah, he him. does. Uh, just as the sun is setting, here comes a puppy posse, like they're on some kind of a stealth mission. 
So this pack of five dogs, including the one that had been assaulted, show up about an hour later. They make a beeline for this guy's car. Yes. The pack of dogs began silently circling the car like they were some sort of canine ninjas. Ninja. I was just going to say, it sounds like a ninja operation. And then as if it was a coordinated strike, they all leapt into action. And man, did they do a number on this guy's car. They started with the oh, tires and not yeah. the rubber away from the tires. They flattened Good. his tires. Then they seem to have had a meeting and decided that, well, the side mirrors were next. And they all, it was like coordinated. They snapped the mirrors off. One of them oh, then jumped up on the delicious. hood and ripped the windshield wipers off. Nice. And then the the paint job, it was completely destroyed. They scratched the smithereens. Yeah. They um, also pulled the front bumper off. It was hanging <laughs> like a crooked smile. And then these furry vigilantes started chewing the plastic on the wheel well above the wow. tires. Didn't pull them off, but really sunk their teeth into it and damaged it heavily this is so cool and then when they decided that that was enough like a signature on their artwork they all took a dump at the guy's driveway <laughs> i was gonna say please tell me it involves excrement oh, from a dog oh it did yeah they oh my goodness they come to the guy the guy's house they tear his car <laughs> apart and then they all take a dump in his driveway and leave here's a final parting gift for you <laughs> <laughs> so as this is going on neighbors begin to come out they're gathering uh to watch what's what's happening and most of them are cheering the dogs on because this guy's a dick yeah they know he's a dick and others were just kind of shocked and wondering what what the heck was this one of the neighbors had the foresight to pull out his phone and he and he caught the chaos almost from the beginning as it unfolded the video of course went viral and the, it got people thinking like about how we treat animals and what happens Good. when they decide to fight back yeah it's uh it's like a real world reminder that sometimes karma has four legs and a very mean bite amen Karma does seem to be like a mirror showing us that the vibes we send out into the world have a funny way of boomeranging back on us. Uh, this time it came back in the form of a wagging tail and a lesson on karma that's got more bite than bark. Putting car in karma, right? Yes. Either way, it reminds us that the energy we put out into the world, be it kindness or cruelty, often finds its way back to us, sometimes with pause and a penchant for justice, like in this guy's case. Can you imagine calling this. the car insurance company? Yeah. Am I insured for dog attacks? <laughs> Well, I'm picturing the the far side cartoon kind of moment <laughs> mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. the dog that gets kicked goes back to his four buddies and explains, okay, yeah. so you know that space over by that, well, I'm napping, right? I'm minding my own business. And all of a sudden, this guy kicks me in the ribs and parks his new car there. Who's with me? And they're all leaning against a fence, smoking a butt. <laughs> smoking, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Do we start with the tires? Yeah, let's start with the tires. And then they flick the cigarette butt, <laughs> blow the smoke away. 
and right. uh, set off on their mission. Yeah. Very yeah, Gary Larson. Yeah. Oh, I um, love that. This comes from Newser, the Daily Mail, and the Georgia Record. Good boys. Good, good boys. Good boys. Who's a good boy? <laughs> Who gets extra treats? Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's happened to all of us. You look forward to some real rest on an airplane when the person next to you... So, what's your final destination today? ...wants to talk. Luckily, you're a savvy traveler prepared for anything. You reach for a stick of your favorite travel chewing gum, LMA. Leave me alone. Only LMA gum has the ingredients to keep your new neighbor turned in the other direction for the rest of the flight. Our secret recipe of real garlic, onion, and bok choy produce the foulest breath known to man. Just Five or six seconds of conversation ought to do the trick. LMA gum should not be used in any social situations with people you love. Some people have complained of the foul taste in their mouths lasting hours. Other symptoms include nausea and dizziness. Use LMA gum at your own discretion. LMA, leave me alone gum. Guaranteed peace and quiet on your next flight. The email address is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. We might be on episode number 80, but I believe this is the first time we've gotten an email from a listener named Candy, spelled with a K. With K-A-N-D-I-E, a K. K-A-N-D-I-E, Candy. I love that. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> Candy writes, I've been listening to The Shallow End for a while now. Some days it's the only thing keeping me sane. You guys have managed to ruin one of my favorite movies, Boondock Saints, as there is a scene where a gunfight breaks out and the guy in the bathroom takes the towel bar off the wall to use as a weapon. Every time I see that now, all I can think of is the towel bar plunger story, laughing my ass off. In spite of all that, you guys rock. Keep the keep the episodes coming. Any hoozle, I have a story I felt I needed to share. A few years ago, I was the second shift shipping supervisor at a local manufacturing facility located in an industrial park. We operated out of multiple buildings. The shipping office was in one building. The loading docks were in another. Therefore, my employees had to travel back and forth many times in a shift. Now, at one point, somebody brings me a driver's license he had found lying in the road. And across the street from our facility was a high school. The high school track team would often travel through the parking lot for practice. The license belonged to a 16-year-old, so it stood to reason that the teen Mm. went to that school. Sure. My first thought was that I could take it to the school, drop it off at the office. Unfortunately, it was a holiday weekend. The school wouldn't be open for the next four days. I considered taking it to the local police station, but was terrified the parents would have a panic attack when they got a phone call from the police. Ooh, that's foresight. Yeah. So I decided to look up the address listed on the license and discovered it wasn't all that far from work. I decided to simply go there to return the license. (laughs) Fast forward. Next day, I find the house and I knock on the door. Door cracks open and a teenaged face peers out at me. I'm guessing you are whatever his name was, I said. Confusion spreads across his face and he hesitantly confirms that, yes, that's him. I hold up the license and say, I assume you've been looking for this. He gets a bit giddy and says, yes, did you find my wallet too? I told him that we hadn't found the wallet. This was all that had been turned in. 
This is when he gets the confused look on his face and asks, uh, how did you know where I live? <laughs> I, I waited a beat to give him the Joey moment. Uh-huh. Parentheses, friends reference. Cat will get that. Close parentheses. <laughs> and I hope the circuits in his brain make a, ne- a connection. They did not. I had to explain to him that his address is right in front of him on his driver's license. <laughs> I'm truly worried about the next generation. Mm. Stay in school, kids. Thanks for reading this. Love your show, Candy. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine Mm. trying to figure out how to answer that. How did you know where I live? Well, look down at your your driver's license, kid. (laughs) Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. We always look forward to your emails. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. You're in the shallow end with Schnapply and Toss. My story, JG, uh, I want I want you to think of one of the stupidest things you've ever done. And not just you, but all of our listeners. Right now, take a second and try and think of maybe not even the stupidest, but one of, say, the top five Mm. stupidest things you've ever done okay something probably pops into into people's oh, yes. minds by <laughs> yeah fighting for recognition right now <laughs> fighting to get to the top of the heap mm. mine involves a very heavy sleeper sofa in the den of this house not long after we moved into this house it's it was a very heavy sleeper sofa the den itself had hardwood floors. The sleeper sofa had wooden pads on it, you know, that you put on furniture so you don't scratch a hardwood floor. Of course. And we did that when my wife and I, when we moved in, so that one could just slide the sleeper sofa if you needed, say, to vacuum behind it or underneath it. You could sure. just slide it out with one hand, vacuum or dust or clean or retrieve something that had fallen under and then slide it back. For whatever reason, and I still don't know why I did this, I was trying to move the sofa and I thought, well, uh, 
yeah, you got to lift it. And I was <laughs> I was standing over the sofa, bent, like in an L shape. So my, you know, my my knees are locked, and I'm bent forward from the waist, like kind of L shaped, trying to lift this 300, 400 pound sofa. And I hear and feel a, a disc oh, in no. my spine go bing. Oh. And this shooting pain goes down my right leg. And I realize, you effing idiot. <laughs> and very long story short, I end up going to a chiropractor. I end up getting an MRI. And uh, I have what they called a disc bulge between like my L4 and L5 or whatever. And ended up getting physical therapy and and fixed it. You know, at one point they said, well, we might need surgery. Fortunately, I didn't. But it was it was arguably one of the three stupidest things I have ever done in my life because it was so incredibly preventable. Yeah. And and the way that we had put the pads on the sofa specifically Did that come to mind just as your back went bing? maybe two, three seconds after that little uh-huh. zing went down my leg. I right. thought, oh, yeah, wooden pads, hardwood floor. You can just bump it with your knee and it moves because <laughs> that's why you put the pads on the sofa yeah. mm-hmm. you effing idiot <laughs> anyway i still get upset at myself when when i think about that when i had that mri i w- i had never had one before have you ever have you ever had one jj yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay so you know it's it's completely painless it's loud it's kind of weird claustrophobic there's that banging you're in this yeah tube that gets you know they slide you in but what Im- what impressed me not just the ig- technology but was the pains they took to make sure that i didn't have any metal right uh in my in my body no artificial hips or knees i do remember saying i have fillings in my teeth and they said yeah we're not worried about that we're worried about larger pieces of metal and i had to sign this form saying that i didn't have any metal and even then uh they did like a tsa style pat down and waved that right that kind right. of metal detector wand around me and and then when i went in for the test i was wearing a watch and my wedding ring and they said oh we have a locker for that and that was say two rooms away from the MRI suite and I opened the thing up and it's lined, you know, with lead and <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> boy, they must be serious about this metal thing. Mm. So my story's about a woman uh, and and because of, of HIPAA regulations, uh, even though this happened just this past June, we don't know the name of this woman who went in for an MRI. We only know that uh, it was a rather routine, supposed to be rather routine procedure, and that she was 57 years old. We don't even know the state or city where this where this took place. But HIPAA ruins all our fun. Well, I was thinking about that, and then I thought my previous story was Drunky Fight Guy, and we didn't know his name, but that was still an entertaining story. So. That's true. Didn't know the name of the guy who kicked the dog either for that. No, that's true, but <clears throat> God, I, I just... That I'm going to feel good about that story all damn day. Well, in China, 
Um, yeah. They uh, will. They have no animal protection laws there. And the only time that you meet any sort of um, uh, resistance or punishment for abusing a, like a dog, say, is right. if the dog belongs to somebody and then you're destroying property. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was very strange. Wow. Wow. Well, this bizarre incident uh, involves this woman. She went through all the protocols I just mentioned. She filled out a questionnaire and and vowed that uh, that she had no metal in her body. She didn't have any artificial, you know, joints, knees, ankles, hips, anything like that. <clears throat> didn't have any rods from surgical procedures. Um, but you know how the the MRI works it uses these incredibly strong magnetic magnetic waves that are then through the miracle of space age science and polymers <laughs> mm-hmm. turned into images that you can actually look at and in this case when i went through it you could actually see the bulging disc in my crazy in my spine well for some reason <clears throat> this woman not only said no no metal no metal i promise uh, they are sliding her into the, uh, the giant round magnetic tube, the enclosure. And all of a sudden, there is a giant clanging sound. <laughs> no. <laughs> like metal against metal. Like when you forget to take the change out of your jeans and you throw them in the dryer. Kind of like that. <laughs> Only this sounded more like. How to put this a gunshot. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Sounded like a gunshot because as the woman was being <laughs> slid into this giant metal MRI tube, a handgun that she was concealing and they don't <laughs> they don't say where she was concealing <laughs> okay. it. Okay, and, and I'm assuming they did a pat down, so that leaves very few options. Yeah, yeah. So this handgun comes flying somewhere off of her body. Or out. Or out, and sticks, you know, Wiley Coyote-like to the side of this, of this giant MRI tube and fires one round. The, wow. the the impact of this gun against the metal wall of the tube was so strong that it actually fired a bullet. That tube rotates. Can you imagine if um, the gun continued to fire as it was going in circles? It would... <laughs> It would have been like some sort of high-tech Gatlin gun. I was just going to say like a Gatlin gun. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can imagine the surprise of not only the technician who's who's doing this test, but the woman herself, although maybe if she knew all along that she had this concealed gun, she would have, maybe her first thought was, oh yeah, that was probably the gun that I've been <laughs> carrying. Well, the reason, only reason I'm laughing is that it it the woman was not hurt badly she 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 sustained a small wound to her right buttock area is is what the report Uh, says so that narrows it down a little bit yeah now 
they obviously, you know, they run in, they stop the MRI, they, they pull her out and they examine her there at the site and they see that it's a very small skin wound, but because this patient has just been shot, they call 911. She gets taken to the hospital and into the ER and a physician at the hospital examines her and describes on his paperwork the wound as a very small superficial entry and exit wounds only penetrating subcutaneous tissue okay so it sounds like just sort of like a grazing you know she got winged she got winged by her own bullet from her own gun that she somehow got into the room in the mri tube when she swore that she didn't have any metal on her. I think it's important at this point to point out that when our founding fathers <laughs> said that we have the right to bear arms, it didn't include bearing arms in a um, MRI machine. Partly because MRIs hadn't been invented right. yet. But I think if, if you would have said to the founders, so just so as you know, in 2000s, mm-hmm. there's going to be this machine. Right. Uh, magnetic resonance imaging. It's going to call an MRI. You, you still are, are people okay to carry guns there? And their frame of reference, of course, is a single shot musket. So that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Very different. Much harder, I'm sure, to sneak one of those into an MRI tube. I wonder what would happen if you tried to pull that off today when they say, do you have any metal? Well, just this musket from the 1700s is yeah. that going to be an issue yeah. i can take the ramrod out if you want <laughs> that's one of the most non-sexual sexual things i've ever heard you say well it certainly won't be the I last can take the ramrod out if you want <laughs> i got this from google in short.com and news 18.com kids Stay in school and for God's sake, don't take guns into you, into your MRI suite. That's unbelievable. Wow. Wow. I'm trying to picture how, uh, how she would, if she even told that story to friends and family afterwards, you know, at a cocktail party. So here's something that happened to me last week. <laughs> Who here has had an MRI? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, some people yeah. take open carry a little too seriously, I think. Yeah. That actually, I was, when I first saw the story, woman shot during MRI, I thought, oh my God, that could have been, uh, obviously it could could have been fatal, could have been awful, but just to get a a grazing wound in your butt (laughs) is pretty damned, pretty damned lucky. And to your question, um, did she tell her friends and family? My guess is no. Probably no, not. Probably. I not. would keep that one to my keep that one to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when somebody says, "Hey, Linz, what's the stupidest thing you've ever done?" First, think about the time I snuck a gun into the MRI suite, and then manufacture a story about <laughs> a disc bulge from lifting a sleeper sofa <laughs> when it's on wooden floors. One of the stupidest things that I did that popped into my mind when you asked that uh, question. Uh, I was I was living at uh, an apartment complex in Tucson uh, called Kimberly Woods. Do you remember Kimberly Woods? No. Was uh, this on the uh, on the east side or when yeah. you were in the downtown area? Yeah, it was east, east side. side. Okay. Yeah, it was on uh, Outer Broadway, Broadway Colb area at the time. Gotcha. In, in, in Tucson. 
And I was on the second floor. And at the time, and again, this was, you know, mid 80s. I had right. a um, one of those <laughs> big color console TVs. Oh, okay, sure. And I'd had it for a long time. So it was like from, the, it was like a Zenith from the 70s. <laughs> So it weighed probably, what, 500 pounds? Yeah, it was huge and, and very, yeah. very heavy. And I got the bright idea, maybe it would be easier if it just because it was me and, and two other guys moving. I was moving to a new apartment. Um, if we just tied rope around it and lowered it off the balcony. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So um, here we go. <laughs> we tied it up and we double, triple tied it. We used two strands of the rope. So, you know, and the three of us slowly lower it off the edge and everything's going fine. But the problem was we used that nylon clothes rope and the, oh boy, it didn't break. It just stretched. <laughs> <laughs> and the TV smashed into the ground, but the rope remained unbroken. Good for good for the rope manufacturer. That, yeah. You probably could have sent in that story and they would have given you like a lifetime supply of nylon rope free of charge. The TV was toast, I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 I just <laughs> I just put it in the dumpster. Sorry about the broken glass. I'll come back for that tomorrow. It was a Zenith in case anyone's curious. It was either a Zenith or a Magnavox. I'm not sure. I don't Maybe a Curtis Mathis. A Curtis Mathis. I, I, oh, it was a Quasar. Quasar. Okay. We'll have uh, more old television brand names for you in our upcoming episode. In episode <laughs> yep. 81. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, you guys. We appreciate it. The email address, of course, again, is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. Love hearing from you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. And until we do, do your best to make good choices. Your lives might depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebly and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. Okay, gotta go. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Cheers!